0: Hello loves and welcome to the Introverts Toolbox, the podcast for introverts who feel like the world's kind of fucked up, where the biggest and craziest people get all the success and we're left wondering like, oh my God, what the hell do we do? My name's Karen Hewitt and I am your host and we're going to go over systems, methods and skills you can use as an introvert to be authentically you and be successful. So Subscribe and share this on your social media, and don't forget to give us five stars, and let's get started. Hello, 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 my loves. I am here with Dagmar. Now, a UK-based but Australian motivational speaker and business coach, and she lives a certain motto, and that is that life is not about staying on the sidelines. If you're going to achieve success, you need to take calculated risks. And as an introvert, I find that really poignant because... We're often told to fake it till we make it and just do the things. And I don't think it's about going out there and just doing them. It's about taking calculated choices of where your energy can and cannot go. And you shouldn't have to sit on the sidelines or be someone you're not. I'm really excited to be utilizing her knowledge, belief, and wisdom because she's inspired a lot of people to make constructive changes and transform their lives. Being in business over 18 years, been on speaking platforms globally, USA, Australia, UK. We'll look at some things that will help you know, embrace some change, improve lives. You're gonna find something inspiration here. I just, I'm really excited to talk to Dagmar. I do know there's some really cool things about us, so let's get into this conversation,
1: have a chit chat, and see where we go. Good morning. How are you doing today? I'm awesome. Thank you, Karen, for asking. What about you? <laughs> Doing great.
0: We're just going to have a chat. I've been looking over everything that you do and you're all about bringing in some changes. Definitely.
1: Yes. Okay. Transformation.
0: Transformation. And there's this is fine line because as an introvert, and you're an introvert too, I found that, out while we're chatting. Yes. We're often told to pretend to be someone else to be successful. The fake it till you make it, just go do it, just get it over with, just get over yourself. And we're pushed into this extroverted bubble. I'm someone who doesn't believe that we need to be inauthentic to be successful, but we do need to transform into our best version of ourselves.
1: I absolutely (laughs) love how you've said that. Sorry, I absolutely (laughs) love how you've said that. I couldn't have put it better myself.
0: So when you're talking to introverts, I mean, this is a totally different audience, really, because a lot of motivational speakers do speak directly to the extroverted, the whole, let's just do this thing. Even Nike, let's just do it. I mean, what is it about transformation that inspires you to help everyone?
1: You see, when people use the word transformation, they automatically think it has to be this big thing. And it doesn't actually, transformation can come in many forms and often it is with baby steps. You know there is a reason why there is that saying the journey of a thousand miles started with the first step because transformation is about taking that first step and one thing I wanted to add about that, I mean, I know I'm an introvert. Uh, one Once upon a time when I was in the corporate world, way back before I started my own business, I did get the MBTI test. And before that, oh, everyone was telling me, you're an extrovert. And, oh, who thinks Stagma is an extrovert and all that kind of stuff? And there's a part of me, especially when I'm on stage, I can show that extroversion, but the core part of me is the introvert. So I think for an introvert, we can show that extroverted side of ourselves because it's like yin yin, and yang. We all have elements of both. But at the end of a, a presentation or a show or something that I'm doing that's quite out there, I'm quite exhausted. I need then time to myself. It's like, close the door. Please don't talk to me. I just need time for myself. I need a cup of tea. Go have a bath. Do something just for me. And I think as introverts living in an extroverted world, we really need to honour that. So even if in a workplace we are being encouraged to be more out there, then, okay, there's that. But what about the softer skills? What about the softer side of us? And I think that's what you are talking about, about being authentic. We need to honour that part of ourselves and put our hand up and say, well, hold on a sec. I'm never going to be the cheerleader or the person on the front of the sports team or the jock and all that kind of stuff. And that's okay. I think as introverts, we have to say, I'm okay just the way I am. Okay. So I actually
0: think you hit on something really important here. All introverts are shy and they can't do things like go on stage. They can't be that person in front of the room because it's an introvert. They're shy, they're quiet, they're the wallflower. But it's not about what activities we can or cannot do. It's how we rebuild ourselves after we've achieved those activities. Definitely. You speak on stages all over. And like you said, even you, you get tired. You it's like, shut the door, let me read my book and get my cup of tea and let me relax and recharge. Mm-hmm. How do you calve that time out to recharge your battery? Because You're busy, you do a lot of great work. How do you find that time to rebuild before you have that introvert burnout?
1: I'm a firm believer that we make time for what is important to us. So that for me means that when I'm doing a lot, I make sure that in my calendar, as well as all the scheduled regular things that I need to do is also scheduled me time. And if someone says to me, oh, you need to book a meeting at 12 o'clock because that's all you've got left, like noon, I'll go, uh-uh, that's never going to happen because that is me time. 12 to 12.30, I need to have my lunch, I need to t- take time just to unwind, don't book that, it's not available, sorry. And, and I think sometimes it is about us just saying no, especially as an introvert, we need to honour ourselves because our health has to come first. So being an introvert, as you said, it doesn't mean that we can't do things. It's just that how we react to things is slightly different. So that means that our reaction and our follow-up from that needs to be slightly different. And that means blocking out time for
0: yourself. I love that. I put scheduled time on the calendar for me. This is, you know, I'm sleeping, I'm eating, I'm relaxing, go away. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) So we kind of touched on doing things and booking out me time. Obviously, you have some really big goals in life, and you help a lot of people that have these goals. And I have found that women and introverts they tend to have like these little mindset blocks that really prevent them from moving forward. They're like, "I'd love to do this, but you know, I can't." They'd be like, "I really want to speak on stages, but I can't because I'm introvert." I want to be an author, but I can't because I can't put myself out. How would you advise someone to work through that that mindset shift to help them achieve their big goals that they have?
1: What an absolutely fantastic question. I believe that the words I can't are the two most disempowering words in the English language. I seriously do. And the first thing I would say is, but what if you could? Instead of I can't, and I can't is often a safety zone. Oh, I can't change my job. I can't leave my relationship. I can't move house. They're ways of unconscious keeping us a little bit safe, although it's not really safe because it doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to achieve our goals. It doesn't mean that we're going to be happy from that. So my shift on that is yeah, but what if you could? And then all of a sudden there is that, ah, okay, well, if I could. And all of a sudden that allows for the door opening to possibilities as opposed to I just can't.
0: One of the key techniques we use in like NLP something I do, is when people have such a block on that, they add the word yet. Well, maybe I can't do that yet. What do I need to do to learn about it? And it's the same thing. It's that whole open the door, make it possible.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: I I think if we're going to be achieving these goals, I mean, everyone's got a passion. Everyone's got motivation. Everyone's got something to do. One of the fundamental things that has to be there are these habits, these key habits that really shift you into being able to achieve these. What are some of those key habits that you're going to suggest to build on, to grow with in order to be able to shift your purpose into these
1: goals? Okay. Okay. So in terms of the key habits of shifting into your goals, I I do believe that there are certain things that we can do to change what goes on here inside the brain. And part of that has got to be about asking ourselves what we truly want. I don't know how many times I've heard people say, yeah, but I don't know when I'm going to be happy but they don't even understand what that concept is. What is it going to take for you to be happy? I think one of the first things that we need to do is look at who we are and what do we really want? Not just what we are told to want or what we might think we want or the things that might fulfill other people's expectations. No, but what do you really want? I still remember a scene. I can't remember, um, what was the movie with Julia Roberts where she was the runaway bride and the, the man was the reporter. He asked her, oh, you've had so many different forms of eggs. You like eggs the same way, depending on what man you're with. And it came out and she said, well, I like my eggs this way, whatever way that was. And I think a lot of the times when we're looking at our own Expectations or our goals, we look at what other people expect of us without putting ourselves first. And I think that's got to be one of the first things. And then the second thing that I think we need to really look at is are the people that we are seeking advice from the best people to be seeking advice from? Often we have well meaning friends around us or, or well meaning family who give us advice that's not really the best advice. For us, it may be well-meaning. It's like the father doctor who says to his son, I want you to come into the practice with me. You need to be a doctor. But his son doesn't want to be a doctor, and yet he follows in his father's footsteps, but he's not really making himself happy. He's fulfilling his father's wishes. So that's where my second point is, are the people around us giving us the best advice? Surround yourself with the people who really are better qualified to give you that good advice.
0: Yeah, it, I believe it's Jim Rohn that says you are the product of the five people around you. Yes. And I, I really like that because a lot of the time, a lot of the people that are put into the limelight are spotlighted introverts. They're extroverts or they're only showing their extroverted self, which is why it's so important that we talk to introverts and let them know that they are capable of these potentials for them to achieve all their dreams without being told they have to change transform yes change no because I think there's this fundamental difference between the transformation and a change yes but you brought up happy finding your happy I mean how did you you come up with your happy what was it that brought you there
1: well the the five tips to your happy is a download that I've got on my website and the h starts with happiness which is what we touched on before The A stands for action. What action steps do you need to take to make your goals a reality, to make your own happiness a priority? So it's all about even though we're introverts, we still need to do things, even if it is in small steps, to get us from A to B to C and further on. So that's where action still comes in. The next one is the P, which is the people around us, which I just touched on. And then the second P is for potential. It's about looking at things in terms of opportunities. It's what we talked about at the start with the I can't. Instead of I can't, what about opening the door to opportunities? So the potential. What's the potential around us? How often do we say this is not possible? And instead, what we should be saying is, well, actually, there is the potential for me to get a new job that's not so far away, that's giving me better money rather than me staying in a job that I'm going to be miserable in and that I have to drive an hour to get to. What Instead of saying that I can't, let's look at the potential for creating. And I am a big believer in creating the things that you want in your life. So if you direct your energy towards the potential, guess what? The universe responds and potential starts coming your way. And then the why, well, that stands for you, as in you? Everything is down to you. You create what you want really most out of life. It's up to you to find those things that have absolute meaning to you and follow that. This is where that authenticity, that crucial element comes in. Be authentic to who you are. You are you. Don't ever try to be somebody else. It's no good. You're you. And that is perfect for helping people in the world. You still have a purpose. It may not be the same as someone else's purpose, and that's perfect as well. Just be you.
0: Yeah. I I love that. I love the just be you because it's like I said, introverts have superpowers. And we don't always tap into them because we're always told for some reason, these superpowers that we have, they're made to be less in the cultural world because the extroverted superpowers are placed higher. But we need both, like you were saying earlier, the yin and the yang. Yeah. I find introverts are very good at being observant and figuring out what's going on around them. That superpower of being able to pick up on things around them and decipher it and organize it and work out what's actually going on instead of taking something at face value. And when we try and steer away from those introverted selves, we lose some of our abilities and I don't think that leads to the happy. So the being you is so important. Yeah, definitely. You were talking about finding your passion, finding your purpose. How, how was it that you found yours? What was it that started you on this path?
1: Oh goodness. Well, I guess I could go back to the time many years ago when I was married to a former husband and I'd had my kids with him. We had two, two daughters within close succession. And we were talking about me going back to work potentially. And I said, I think I was 25. No, hold on, 25 when I had my first daughter. So about 26, 27, sort of in between there, because we had, like I said, two daughters in close succession. And I said, I'd really love to go back to school and study. I want to fulfill this um, long-held goal of mine of going to law school. Now, the man that I was married to, he was 10 years older than me and he had always this closed mind. He had that I can't mentality. So his response to me was, what do you want to do that for? You're going to be way too old when you're finished and nobody's going to hire you. You can just go and work down at the local grocer or you know local, local supermarket and that's your lot sort of thing. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, There is no way that that's me. I can't honor me doing what you think that should be. And that was one of my uh, moments that I needed to break free of this relationship because I knew that there was so much more that I wanted to do. I knew that I wanted to make a difference to people, even though at that time I didn't quite know what that was to be like. Now, skip forward quite a few years. I was working in patent and trademark attorneys. I was about halfway through my law course, funnily enough, doing taxation. Maybe there's a clue there. And it was on a Sunday morning. I still remember it. And I would got my cup of coffee and I knew I had to start this subject and i would got all my materials, but I just wasn't feeling inspired and work wasn't inspiring either. There was a lot of crap going on there. And it was like this Sunday morning, the birds outside are tweeting, the coffee smells absolutely great. And I'm just thinking, I'm done. I am done. I was done with the patent and trademark firm. I was done with law. It's like this is not doing it for me. And my ha-ha came in that I knew that I wanted to go into like the, the coaching kind of arena. I did a course in health counselling. I did various other things as well, a little bit woo-woo with crystals and stuff like that. But it was everything that my soul was starting to say to me, this is it. This is, this is the path as opposed to you being stuck in that conventional law. law. Law was brilliant. And I always found it quite ironic that I had people coming to me as clients who'd asked me law questions, and I could never quite work out how that could possibly come out in, in a session. But, hey, that's kind of the way the universe sent me my first few clients. But it was making a difference, whereas in law, I knew I could never achieve what I was doing. And so I had two, two key aha moments where I needed to break free of the convention or what I was thinking that I was supposed to be doing. It was like, it was a, it was a process, definitely.
0: I love that. And one thing I want to tap on for my audience because you were saying how he was saying that you would be too old to achieve anything when you were finished. Look at some of these great names that didn't, do anything until they were 60 yeah. 70 yeah. 80 age is never a reason to not do something yeah because i agree what's it uh, colonel sanders the kfc guy he was retired and look at what empire that is now so that's anyone that's listening never let anyone tell you you're too old too introverted too girly too quiet too shy that's other people's limitations not yours we tend to take on other people's limitations like you were saying the other people's advice even though they're good motivations they want well but they're putting their own selves in your shoes and they're not you correct what are some of the things that you would tell people to really tap into the what they want rather than what other people because we talked about the doctor and having the son go to the practice but sometimes. We're so surrounded by it. We're not even sure where we begin and we end and they begin and they end because it's it becomes messy Yeah, inside people.
1: To me, it's all about looking within. The answer is within us. So sometimes we want... We, we go to other people because we want reassurance from them. Sometimes we seek out certain people in terms of the questions that we ask because we know that that person might agree with us. So it's, it's almost like getting a back confirmation. Oh, yeah, I am on track. But ultimately, the, the, the clues, they're within, it, within us, whether you call it your intuition, whether it, you call it your sixth sense, whether you call it your gut. I don't care what name you call it, it's there. It's that part of you that is deep inside and you know that that is it. That's the path. And if you follow that, if you follow that absolutely, it won't let you down. And I would ask each and every one in your audience who has had that experience, you've listened to someone else, your gut told you one thing, but you've gone the other way because you've listened to that other person I'm betting that 99% of the time it didn't go the way you thought it would because you listened to that advice and you didn't trust your gut. So your gut, your intuition, your psychic senses, I don't care, pick a, pick a term that works for you, that's what you need to trust because that leads you back to, if you, if you like, your higher self, to to that part of you that actually knows the path that's already mapped out may not work out exactly the way you thought it would, but that's okay because you're still learning the lessons along the way, but it's still the right path to take.
0: Okay, I like that. that It might not work how you want, but you're still learning the lessons along the way.
1: Absolutely.
0: We have to fuck up sometimes. We just have to screw up. If we don't screw up, how do we know where we're supposed to be? I always say that normally your purpose and your passion comes from something going wrong. Because that's when you realize that you want to fix it, change it, adapt it, or do something with it. Right. And sometimes that's a mistake someone else makes. And sometimes it's a mistake that you make. And then you realize that there has to be a better way. And that is where a lot of purpose and passion is born from. So never be afraid of messing up. It's, it's like we're so stuck inside our comfort zone inside that safety zone that we don't take those leaps to make mistakes. And I am a firm believer that mistakes are some of the best pieces of education you'll ever get. Because it's not what happened, it's how you deal with it or how you learn from it or how you grow from it or how you adapt from it. For those people that are stuck inside that little safety zone, that little bubble where they just they want to be safe and controlled and they're not really out there growing into who they are meant to be what would you say to them
1: I love, I love everything that you've said the only thing i would add to that is the word mistake personally i don't like the word mistake i prefer shall we say bumps in the road if you think about um my marriage to that man that i was talking about I could say it was a mistake. But was it? I don't think it was. If I didn't get married to that man, if I didn't learn those lessons, well, I wouldn't have my two beautiful daughters. I wouldn't have gone on this absolutely phenomenal trip when I was 24 years old, where I got to see 42 of the mainland states on a big road trip. There were so many things that were wrong with the relationship, but it helped me to grow. Was it a mistake? I can't look at it as a mistake. Um, my now husband and I—we lived in in California for a while, and it didn't work out the way that we had thought that it would. We made lots of plans, and it was a—it was one of those dreams that you have. I want to live in California, and we absolutely did that. It didn't work out. Was it then a mistake? No, absolutely not. It was the most fabulous experience ever. Would I take it back? No, but. I think it's, as you said, the stepping stones to helping us to grow. So don't ever look back at your mistakes and only go, oh, it was a mistake. It was crap. It was rubbish. It was this. It was that. Think of it in terms of, well, what did I learn from this experience? And boom, okay, I've learned this. Now I know I'm not going to do that again. Next time that comes up as a a big signpost in my road oh no, to go in one of the other directions rather than the one that I took before.
0: No, yep, I agree with that. I just call them mistakes because it's something that people go, well, I made a mistake. Okay, that mistake, that's how you felt, but let's look at it this way. I, I totally agree with the whole thing. Like I, a survivor of domestic violence mm-hmm. and a lot of people go, well, if you could go back, would you never go through that? And everyone gets really freaked out and they go, no, I'd still go through it again because it's something that formed me into who I am and how I can help other people. And that is a really challenging concept for a lot of people to hold on to because we do go through things in our lives that, from the outside looking in, are just horrendous. Absolutely. And they're like, how can you even be there and how can you talk about this don't you just wish you could erase it no what did it teach me how did i grow where did i learn i'm someone now that i wasn't then because that happened we've talked about a lot of really big ideas we we've talked about a lot of concepts and mindset shifts and even blocks and things to help you develop from this obviously you really really in a lot of time on it and you've spent a lot of time developing tools and systems such as the happy. Yeah. If any one listening to this wanted to find more or go research more on your happy process or get a hold of you in a way, how would they do that?
1: Well, I would absolutely... Love you to connect with me on my webpage. So if you're looking for the download for five tips to your happy, it's on dagmarbryant.com and you'll find me there. And you can then that signs you then also up to my newsletter where I don't hound you, but I definitely send you some wonderful tips uh, on a weekly basis. If you want to connect with me also on LinkedIn, I'm Dagmar Bryant. So I'm pretty sure there's only one of me. It's the beauty of having a unique name like Dagmar. So yeah, absolutely. Connect with me on social media. LinkedIn is my preferred platform. And I'd love to uh, talk to you there.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for this time. I mean, a lot of insight, a lot of ideas. What is one thing that you've taken away from today that you're going to implement in your life right now? What is that one aha moment? Because you're listening to things to get aha moments. You're listening to things to get ideas, to thoughts, processes. Let us know in the comments, whether it be on YouTube, the podcast, or social media, what was that one moment that made you stop just for a second and think, you know what, maybe, possibly. Because those thoughts are what are gonna take you from being stuck, your purpose and that purpose can fuel everyone thank you for listening my loves it has been an absolute pleasure hear from you next time and thank you for listening to another episode of the introverts toolbox don't forget to like and subscribe and you know what i want to know what is one thing you learned today is there something that you're going to take and use in your life or your business let me know below